shite, yeah. Woman of a no, woman of a no. Was writer in the world. 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 He's a stupid, suck ass, rubbish writer. Welcome to the worst writer in the world. Hooray! Today we're talking about The Happening by M. Night Shyamalan, that amazing film from about 15 <laughs> years ago. So are you ready to get started, Howard? Spoilers, he was a ghost all along! <laughs> So, Howard, you'll never guess what I did this week. Um, I think you used your time very constructively. <laughs> now, like, t- t- take that idea, which is, in a sense, very close, and now make it the exact opposite of what it is. <laughs> did you um, spend two hours of your life you will never get back? Less, because this, because I, you, as you know, I watched The Happening by M. Night Shyamalan, <laughs> um, perhaps, perhaps his second to worst movie of a crop of... <laughs> Mostly very bad movies. Because <laughs> yeah. we didn't even get through Lady in the Water, did we? We started watching it and just couldn't handle it. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah, you say you say two hours of my life, I'm never getting back. Obviously, preparing took a lot longer than that. But the movie mm. is one hour and 30 minutes, almost precisely. What a hero. Because all bad movies are. Right, all truly terrible. Like we've noticed this because we love watching bad movies, and there's something about really terrible movies, mm. like you know, low budget, awful movies that, for some reason, they tend to be an hour and a half, mm. and a lot of that time is stock footage or people <laughs> pausing for no reason, mm. or I don't know, filming trees wobbling in the wind, <laughs> that that kind of thing for there's far a lot too of, much lot of the of time. People pausing in this, and then after they pause <laughs> yeah. for a while, stabbing themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, this movie has so much in common with those, like, low-budget bad movies that we enjoy watching, like Neil Breen. Mm. I mean, it's almost... I'm sure I didn't watch... I didn't watch Birdemic in preparation for this, but I really felt like I should be able to, like, scene by scene match them together. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like they are the same movie. The only difference is that this one has a massive budget and Birdemic was made for nothing. Yeah. Have you told me something about, like about the length of movies like is there some reason why movies kind of have to be an hour and a half or they're not qualif- they don't qualify as movies or something well, is that maybe i have I probably that? have in the past but i always forget certain things and reasons but yeah movies there's a very old reason why movies ended up being 90 minutes which um, or that or thereabouts is that um when they were showing them like in cinemas the reels would be like a 15 minutes length each or something like that oh, really? so okay. a movie would like okay. you know that that Ninety minutes. Otherwise, it's got to be. Otherwise, it's got to be one hundred and five or one hundred and fifteen minutes. Right, right, yeah. Or you've got one minute on the last reel. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So before we start, I want to give a quick trigger warning because this absolutely is a movie about suicide, Mm. and so we're going to be discussing that. Uh, because that uh, it's ba- this movie is basically suicide porn. It's like M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> had this idea. He's like, oh, isn't suicide really fun to watch? I'll make a movie <laughs> where loads of people do that and we get to see it. Mm. So if you're not comfortable with us talking about that in a, not too much detail, mm. but, you know, still mentioning it quite often, uh, then... You know, skip yeah. forward to or go back and listen to Rapunzel again. When I'm sure we don't go say anything offensive at all. Howard's Howard's Romance uh, movie or whatever it's called. Uh, oh, no, no, yeah. there's only what, the Howard. There's only a little bit of spooky wind in that. <laughs> trying to convince Will. 
So the happening opens with a picture of some non-spooky wind. <laughs> Just regular. Because <laughs> you've got to start with the ordinary world, right? That's mm. the hero's journey. You've got to establish yeah. the ordinary world. So we need to know that wind is not <laughs> spooky. <laughs> right? yeah. It's just wind. It's fine. Wind. Okay. Yeah. And then then the big the first kind of like shock, the first jump scare, mm. Mark Wahlberg's name comes up. <laughs> like, ah fuck. Mark Wahlberg's in it. Oh, that's scary, but it's okay, okay. I'm doing Oh, Zoe Deschanel's in it as well. Yeah, oh fucking yeah. hell, no. Two of the least expressive actors mm. who ever, ever lived. Yeah. So, you know, let's let's just hope that the plot is good, so yeah. so we don't have to carry this film with just their performances. <laughs> <laughs> but this, the thing is, this is exactly like a Neil Breen film opening mm. because it's like watching stock footage. It's just clouds. It's pictures of some clouds with the mm. actors' names in a rubbish font over it. If it <laughs> and at the end, it says it says produced, written, and directed by M Night Shyamalan. If he'd put that three different times, if he put like produced by M Night Shyamalan, written, then it would be a Neil Breen film. Yeah. There is I mean, no maybe, difference watching the beginning. Maybe this is Neil Breen's favourite M. Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> maybe that's where he got it from. That's where he's a main inspiration. Mm. <laughs> if he'd only talk about his inspiration, it'd be, I've only ever watched one movie, <laughs> and it's called The Happening. I blew my mind. I loved yeah. it. All right, so once so the credits play like an old-fashioned movie where nothing happens. You just have to look at people's names for five minutes. Mm. But finally the movie starts, and we get a shot of Central Park and a little um, caption that tells us it's Central Park at 8.33 a.m. And I'm sure this will important. matter. I'm sure these times are really super important, yeah. Uh, so there's two women sitting on a bench reading. Oh, yeah, yeah. And one of them looks up and says, I forgot where I am. <laughs> and you're like, does she mean, like, um, what park I'm in? What does she mean? What bench I'm on? What's she talking about? That's a weird first line to a movie. But the woman, the weirdest part is the woman next to her says, oh, you're at the place where the killers meet to decide what to do with the crippled girl. Yeah. So she means where I am in my story. Yeah. She looked up and went, oh, I forgot where I am in the story that I'm currently reading. Mm. But the woman next to her knows. How does she know? That's the weirder part, right? It's weird yeah. that this woman doesn't know where she is in her story that she's mm. currently reading. Like, it just fell out of her head. But how does she know? That's a question that's never going to be answered in this movie. How is this yeah. woman reading her friend's mind? This, but this is supposed to be a joke, isn't it? This is the thing here. Is that's, it? That's, yeah, is that's it? supposed to be a joke, isn't it? I mean, it's a joke to M. Night Shyamalan, but he's not a, he's not a comedian. He's never written a joke before, so he doesn't know how to do it. And, um, <laughs> and, and you're supposed to be misled by I've forgotten where I am because you're supposed to think she doesn't know where she is in the world, but actually it's within the book. Yeah. And that's why the other person knows exactly where they are, but when they wouldn't, because in order to provide the punchline. Maybe. I mean, certainly, as I'm, we're going to see, I mean, I've got proof that M. Night Shyamalan does yeah. not know how to write a joke, so I can definitely support your idea yeah. here. But um, it's so odd to watch, especially the first fucking scene of a movie. Two women are reading and one just looks up and says, I've forgotten where I am. I mean, compared, like, you know, when we talked about The Sixth Sense, that first yeah. scene is weird because it's a woman go down into a into a cellar to get some um, wine and then yeah. she feels cold and a bit nervous. But, Spooky wind, but yeah, I think yeah. you said... It's like <laughs> maybe, <laughs> but like I think you said when we talked about it, it's like it's setting the 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 feel, the the atmosphere, yeah. and it doesn't because it doesn't like mean it's like it's weird, but it's not like it's telling you a load of other. It's not making yeah. you ask loads of questions like, "What do you mean you don't know where you? Are? How does she know where she is?" It's like mm. it's just oh, she's spooked, and you're like, okay, fair enough, it's a spooky mm. film. 
it doesn't entirely make sense, but it doesn't matter. But this mm. just makes you ask so many questions that you're too confused to pay attention to anything else that happens in the movie. An hour and a half past, and I'm still going, what does she mean she doesn't know where she is? What's she talking about? Uh, and, uh, and and the other woman knows exactly where it is, and uh, presumably whatever yeah. she says, I can't remember, even though you just said it five minutes ago, is um, is a reference to something. That's going to be it's going to be you, a reference to a Hitchcock the place movie where or something. The killers meet to decide what to do with the crippled girl. Right, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You think she's reading a famous book or something or a novelization yeah. of a Hitchcock movie. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and whatever the, whatever the book is, it's um the, the plot of that book's probably about spooky wind. It's a little clue. <laughs> it's a little clue yeah. for the smart You're people. You're at the bit where where spooky wind makes people kill themselves <laughs> just after walking backwards with hairpins. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean that would that, that would, would be, be stupid, but at least it would set this up. Yeah, right? it would be better, yeah. that It'd would be great. Right. Uh, no, you might be right, because the full conversation is, she says, I forgot where I am. The mm. other woman says, you're at the place where the killers meet to decide what to do with the crippled girl. And then the first woman laughs and says, oh, that's right, and then carries on reading. <laughs> and maybe the fact that she laughs is meant to signal to us that this was a hilarious joke in some way. Yeah. Anyway, so then everyone in the park freezes, a couple of people walk backwards, and hmm. I forgot where I am woman looks more confused. And I'm watching it, we all think, damn. I really hope it's not angry plants doing this. <laughs> but then I forgot where I am. Woman pulls a dagger out of her hair <laughs> and stabs yeah. herself in the neck with it. It's lucky she brought that. Yeah, I mean, well, she never oh, would have no, been able to commit unlucky. suicide, would she? Unlucky. <laughs> I don't know. Is it in this movie? Is it unlucky in this movie if you happen to be carrying a dagger or a gun with you? Because the thing is, we know that if you don't have a murder weapon, then you're going to have to kill yourself in some really horrible way. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to carry around one of those um, suicide pills that they have in movies just in case spooky wind comes to get me because I don't want to have to stab myself in the neck or jump off a building. Okay, you start carrying around a suicide pill. <laughs> just, just don't get confused with your paracetamol, right? Yeah, no, I won't. <laughs> There's a lot of those suicide pills in movies, but I don't know. I never really understand what are. they are, where they come from, or who makes them, or why. And in movies, they're always like in someone's teeth. Like, how do you <laughs> yeah. how do you do that? Like, how do you have a part of your mouth that you can chew in a certain way that immediately <laughs> kills you? That doesn't ever mm. accidentally go off. That's fucking. Mm. Have you got such like prehensile teeth that you can put in a combination into your tooth combination lock? Yeah. Maybe. So when you chew in normally, because are you always like chewing on your left side of your mouth, just being really careful, and then go, oh shit, I chewed on the right side of my mouth by accident, or my teeth just kind of fit together because teeth do, and I accidentally yeah. set off my suicide tooth. Suicide tooth. <laughs> the same kind of films that these people are in are, are film, movies where they do a lot of punching as well. So I mean, you could just get punched. Yeah. In the yeah. face and immediately die because they hit your suicide tooth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so uh, James Bond, could you make sure you punch me on the left side of my face because my suicide tooth's on the right and <laughs> unless you're actually going to torture me for information, I don't mm. I don't want to suicide myself. Thanks, James. Punch, punch. Punch, punch, punch. Oh, shit, I punched him in the suicide tooth. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, I'm a murderer now. Mm. Lucky I've got that licence to punch people in the suicide tooth. <laughs> I thought it was strange at the mm. time, but now I see why M gave me that. <laughs> right, so first woman pulls a dagger out of her hair, stabs herself in the neck, and mm -hmm. the, um, the other woman just mm -hmm. kind of looks at her and doesn't seem too troubled by it she seems quite relaxed about watching mm. her friend commit suicide unfortunately at this point because everything's so confusing it's really unclear if mm. her reaction is like meant to mean something if we're meant to pay attention to that or if it's just really bad acting and directing and the rest of this film is not going to help us work that out because it look when you watch it even though i've seen this film before and yeah. i know 
what the idea is. It just looks like she's not been told to react properly by M. Night Shyamalan. Like, like she's just, she looks like an actress waiting for to be yeah. told, like she hasn't heard the word action yet. She mm. just looks really relaxed. So there's, there's, so you've got no idea what's going on here. It's just weird. And you feel really annoyed by it. That's my analysis of this bit, is it makes you feel annoyed. <laughs> you feel annoyed. <laughs> Cut to three blocks away, half an hour later. Mm-hmm. A builder is doing the end of what sounds like a hilarious joke and not just some random words that everyone laughs at because the script says they do. <laughs> and as for, when I was writing this, I thought this was my first example of M. Night Shyamalan not being able to write an actual <laughs> joke. But now you've proved to me that maybe it's his second. Yeah. So then someone falls off the building and dies. Mm. Right, They splat on the floor behind them. And the yeah. builders are obviously, understandably, quite shocked by this. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, then someone else falls. Mm. And then a third, and then a fourth, and then it starts literally raining men. But M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> misses a perfect music opportunity. <laughs> yeah, that proves he doesn't know comedy, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. I mean, you know, he could he could have done it uh, like a slowed down, played on a lute version <laughs> to, yeah. sh- to show yeah. that it's meant to be sad. Yeah, <laughs> not the upbeat Weather Girls version, but get you know get a woman with a um, every the, yeah, with the to sing it on. slowly yeah. on with a lot of echo. <laughs> Brilliant idea. Yeah. And anyway, and we, we the viewers watching this, it's a it's I think it's a good shot of watching them fall like you know, come yeah. off the building. It's it's an it's a it's a scary moment. Yeah. But we the viewers think, God, I really hope this isn't angry plants. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my idea, here's my analysis of these first two scenes, right? Mm. The first scene was a terrible setup, but the second scene's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. The first one, you've got absolutely no transition. You've got no sense of what these women were like before they mm-hmm. got brainwashed by plants because the very first line is, I am confused because plants made me confused. Right? <laughs> yeah. There's no there's no yeah. transition between, like, they, they just, one of them just kills herself and the other one doesn't react, but there's no sense of them having emotion before that. Whereas the second scene, the, the builders, that is good because you have these normal blokes at work showing emotion, you know, having a laugh, chatting to each other. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, also yeah. you get the main guy who's allowed to react. He's not got his emotions yeah. switched off. So you get to see his horror yeah. at this fucking, yeah, fucking uh, terrible thing yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Because what, we, what we're supposed to learn from the first of the opening scene yeah. right, is a kind of more clear understanding of the effect that the plants have on a person's brain. We're meant to not just be confused by what these women are doing, but see the difference. Like it makes them yeah. go blank and confused and stand still and walk backwards and forget what's <laughs> happening in their book and not care when their friend stabs herself in the in the neck. But it is too vague. So having watched the film, mm. I now know that spooky plants can make people kind of stop feeling and displaying emotion, then commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And that that moment... That moment when people stop displaying emotion is a super important signal to the audience, yeah. right? Because, like, we don't get... There's no monster. There's no visible monster. We don't get to see the spooky wind. So the the, the effect of it is everything, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So we really need to see clearly that difference between people being normal mm. and then being kind of their emotions switched off by spooky wind. So that opening scene, yes. just being two relaxed women kind of hanging out, being relaxed and then becoming 
two relaxed women who then kill themselves. That doesn't work, right? It doesn't tell us because they're not. There's no difference except for the actual suicide part. Yes. But here's my idea, right? Mm. What would be even worse than that first scene of mm. two unemotional, relaxed women becoming two unemotional, relaxed women would be if, for example, the two lead characters in this movie <laughs> were played by actors who are completely incapable of displaying any emotion ever. That'd be confusing, right? You'd just assume mm. they're constantly under the control of spooky wind, <laughs> wouldn't you? Maybe they're immune. Maybe that's why they don't get them. <laughs> Maybe. The plants are all like, I'm trying to switch your emotions off, but I can't find <laughs> them. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, cut to Mark Wahlberg teaching a biology class. Oh all right, God, okay, man. so I have, I have been able to buy into this film so far, but this is too much. All right? Annoyed plants, brainwashing people yeah. into killing themselves, that's fine. But Mark Wahlberg teaching science, <laughs> no. <laughs> all right, but Mark, Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg's thought about his character. He's thought about how he's going to do this, and he's yeah. decided that if he's going to sound intelligent, he needs to do a slightly high-pitched voice. <laughs> It's apparently a deliberate decision on his part. You really? And his so opening weird. speech is brilliant. He's like, look, I don't know if you guys have heard about this article in the New York Times about honeybees vanishing. <laughs> well, apparently, honeybees are disappearing all over the country. Tens of millions of them are just disappearing. There's no bodies, no sign of them. They're just mysteriously gone. This is scary, huh? Right, let's hear some theories about why this might be happening. Hmm. Nothing? Come on, guys. So Mark Wahlberg is asking his class to speculate mm. about why bees are disappearing. Yeah. <laughs> That's his class. And the, the students immediately demonstrate how bad at teaching he is <laughs> by, by being a shower of dumbasses. Because right? he's like, come on, give me some answers. And one of them's like, um, a virus. Like, yeah, good answer. Brilliant. And another mm. one's like, um, Pollution. And he's mm. like, okay, brilliant. Okay, let's have a third one. And I was like, is it like global warming? No, pretty good. Okay, anyone else? Is it in invisibees? Is it, <laughs> it invisibees? <laughs> yeah. And he's really impressed with these amazing answers that his fucking stupid <laughs> class are coming up with. Mm. Or could it be, no one says it, but we, we know in our mm. minds, could it be yeah, yeah. angry plus? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hang, hang on, the only thing which is actually dumber than these kids' answers, <laughs> angry plants. Yeah. This absolutely establishes, this scene establishes that Mark Wahlberg is the worst teacher in the world, or at least the worst since stuttering Stanley <laughs> in the sixth sense. Yeah. <laughs> because at least this guy doesn't like attack his students. That's a good thing. But he is very boring and he can't motivate his class without going, oh, come on, guys, you should be interested in science. <laughs> Just tell them, like, kind of encourage them, show them interesting things then rather than telling them you read an article about vanishing bees. <laughs> Right, bees are fascinating. Tell us some stuff about bees. Not oh, they're disappearing. Let's guess why. Global warming. Good answer. Invisibees. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant fucking answer. Yeah. Tell me some interesting stuff about bees. But no. Um. The, but the main reason that Mark Wahlberg is a bad teacher is because at this point he starts negging one of his students. <laughs> he does. He's really into that boy, right? Yeah, he is. And here's what he says. He says, Jake, you don't have an opinion. You're not interested in what happened to the bees? You should be more interested in science, Jake. You know why? Because your face is perfect. The problem <laughs> is, your face is perfect at 15. Now, if you were interested in science, you'd know facts. Like, the human nose and ears grow a fraction of an inch each year. So in five <laughs> years, you're going to have big flappy ears and a massive <laughs> flappy nose, Jake. <laughs> and yeah, then, yeah. then I'm not going to want to sleep I'll with you anymore. You anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh. right, but unfortunately... 
Like he does, he has to say you're a 15 year old boy because mm. he's talking to a 25 year old man, <laughs> <laughs> and we can all see that he's talking yeah. to a quite a handsome 25 year old man, which undermines his comment that uh, that like when you're not 15 anymore, you won't be handsome because uh, he is, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and he hasn't got a big flappy ears and a massive flappy nose. That's not true. <laughs> and then he goes, "Come on, Jake, why did the bees vanish?" Mm. Jake's like, I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't fucking steal. I didn't hide. I didn't hide the bees. What are you hassling me for? Why are you always trying to sleep with me and hassling me about bees? Oh, fucking hell. No, no. What Jake actually says is the most extraordinary, the most wonderful answer. Jake, who is who does not care about this class, hates, mm. clearly hates his teacher, hates science, wants to get out and like, you know, go back to work or whatever it is. You know, he's a 25-year-old man. Why am I in this class? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He says, um, an act of nature and will never fully understand it. Ooh. And Mark Wahlberg says, nice answer, Jake. Mm. No, it isn't. An act of nature <laughs> and will never fully understand it. Like, no one, that's nothing. It's like saying, it's like saying trees did it and we don't know why. <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is stupid. Imagine if you sat through a 90-minute film and that was all the explanation you got at the end. You'd be furious. The trees did it and we yeah. don't know why. That's the like a, in a science class. Oh, it's no. an act of nature, and we'll never know the answer. Good answer, Jake. Well done. You have cracked science. I think it's good. I think it's a good answer, oh. and I, I I agree. Thing is, like you know, you say that you'd like more of an explanation. So, but like, so what? You want to then like kind of like see the trees talking about why they did it? I mean, what? What, do you, yeah, what exactly yeah, are you after? Here? Absolutely. I want something. Cut cut to the the tree home world where they're discussing. <laughs> That sounds like amazing. Sending some I mean, spaceships yeah. with trees yeah. on to get the humans. Yeah, so. I want anything. I do want. I do want that. What you're describing is exactly <laughs> what I want from this film. I mean, I want an ending. I want something from it. But I, what I want in this scene is for for a science teacher not to say, yeah, just being super vague and saying we won't understand. But it's an an act of nature. Mm. Imagine if that was science five hundred years ago. That's an an act of nature is just another way of saying it's an act of God, mm. right? It's like, oh, why did this happen? Oh, God did it. Basically, you're saying we don't understand this. That's not what science asks questions and tries to find out the answers. That what that's what science means. It's not like no, oh, well, we'll never know. Yeah. But then Mark Wahlberg makes it worse because then he says science will come up with an answer to put in the books, but it's just a theory. We'll fail to admit that there's so much we don't know. Mm. It's like is this your first time learning about science, M. Night Shyamalan? Because <laughs> that's not how science works. You don't just make up answers and then go, oh, he's made something up to put in the books. But basically, with, like admitting how much you don't know is a basic part of science and then trying to work out, mm. like to find out what the answers to that unknown stuff is. Not just going, oh, we made it up. Ignore it. Don't mm. worry. There's no way we can possibly know. It's an act of fucking nature. This movie was written by a 14-year-old. In fact, yeah. this movie was written by someone who has worse understanding of science than any. 11-year-old Howard writing Doctor Who. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, unknown stuff is on my Ooh. list. Is on my no, list no. of things that no, you no. should use. Clever unknown okay. stuff oh, is well, on your what, list. That's where he M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> yeah, has gone for unknown stuff and skipped the clever. <laughs> yeah. So next up, the vice principal comes into his class. And Mark Wahlberg calls her the Dark Lord and starts messing about in a desperate attempt at characterisation, which will be completely forgotten after this scene. Like he starts running around pretending he's scared of her and then all the kids are like... The kids don't even laugh that much. They're all like... Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. <laughs> like these actors they? don't sound too impressed. Yeah. 
But he's like suddenly he's meant to be like a mischievous, like fun teacher. Mm. But he's already proved he isn't, and the rest of this movie is gonna like hammer home that proof that he has not got a sense of humour, any sense of fun. <laughs> so there's just this one moment he starts basically he's like insulting his boss and undermining the authority of the person who has to give the punishments at the school. Yeah. But she takes him out of class, and as they walk down the corridor, we see that everyone in the in the classrooms is watching TV about spooky wind. <laughs> And the vice principal says, there appears to be an event happening. (laughs) But she should say there should be a happening happening, shouldn't she, really? (laughs) Well, I think that should be the tagline of this movie. There appears to be an event (laughs) happening. (laughs) Right? Don't you think? Because that is the line. Oh, amazing, yeah. And But the thing, do you know what the tagline of this movie actually is? Um, Don't close the door. I don't know. Don't open the door. door. Don't open the tree. Don't go near a tree. (laughs) In space, no one can hear you tree. (laughs) It's not that. No, it's maybe the worst tagline of a film I've ever seen. The tagline of this film is, we've sensed it, we've seen the signs, now, dot, 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 it's happening. Ah, I like it. Because they they obviously watched this film and were like, well, we can't talk about the content of this film because otherwise we're going to have to say in space no one can hear you tree. That's all we've got. So what if we mention his two films that were like better than this one? (laughs) Mm. All right, so as the students leave the classroom, we see a quote on the board Mm. behind Mark Warburg. It says, if the bee disappeared off the surface of the globe, then man would only have four years of life left. Mm. by famous bee expert Albert (laughs) Einstein. (laughs) Famous biologist and bee expert Albert Einstein. Wow. Anyway, so the school sends the students and teachers home Mm -hmm. because there's spooky wind and they can't stay at school when there's spooky wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mark Wahlberg talks to his friend Julian, whose only characteristic is that he's a maths teacher, (laughs) uh, which he mentions in every single line that he says. So... Julian says that Mark Wahlberg and his wife, Zoe Deschanel, should come with him to his mum's house in Philadelphia because, as he says, the probability of something happening in Philadelphia is very low. Right. But I'm going to disagree with that because I know for a fact that things happen in Philadelphia. For example, (laughs) Tom Hanks died (laughs) of AIDS. That was was fucking traumatic. Will Smith. Will Smith got in one little fight with a couple (laughs) of guys who were up to no good, after which he had to move in with his auntie and uncle in Bel Air. And mm. the sixth sense happens in Philadelphia. Oh, right. Yeah. So small boys get psychoanalyzed by ghosts mm. all right, in yeah. Philadelphia. So I'm maybe not going to trust this guy's opinion on statistics. Yeah. Isn't there a movie called The Philadelphia Experiment as well? A famous film about it. Yeah, I think there is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so next up, there's another weird conversation in a film full of weird conversations. Mm. So um, Julian says, I'm going to tell you something that you should never tell your best friend. Mm-hmm. And Mark Wahlberg says... Why is everyone saying that? They're not, they're not, all right? And so Julian says, I saw her on your wedding day. Mm-hmm. Mark Warburg says, again with the wedding. So I don't know about you, but I'm starting to feel this is referring back to a cut scene. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but just kept all the lines in that say, why are you repeating this thing that, this, that, like, that hasn't been repeated? And Julian says, she was crying because she didn't want to marry you and hates you. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of paraphrasing, but that's basically what he says. Your best friend's not, to tell, not supposed to tell you this, but when you got married, uh, your wife was really upset because she hates you and she didn't want to marry you. So maybe you should know that. Anyway, cut to Zoe Deschanel doing her best acting. <laughs> Eyes wide, mouth slightly open and looking like a Muppet with no one's hand up it. <laughs> 
Right. And here's something I learned while yeah. reading about this movie. She's playing a character called Alma, which is Mark Wahlberg's mum's name. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah. That is weird, right? Hmm. Anyway, she ignores a phone call from M. Night Shyamalan at this point, <laughs> understandably. Because, you know, she's, got, she's getting this phone call from someone who she went for tiramisu with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Mark Wahlberg gets back and they watch some pseudoscience on TV in a news report only marginally more convincing than the one from Birdemic. <laughs> right? And I mean, even like the, obviously, in Birdemic, it's weird because it's like the top of someone's head. Yeah. <laughs> taking up like a quarter of the, the screen, scene it's yeah. really odd but yeah. this one like it's not as bad as that but still it just doesn't look quite right mm. in this in the same way it just doesn't quite look like a news report it's a bit weird and zoe deschanel says it makes you kill yourself just when you thought there couldn't be any more evil that could be invented mm. and in one of the oddest line reads that you've ever seen it's and and i wonder it made me wonder because it's so strange it made me wonder, like, if M. Night Shyamalan just makes them keep redoing the lines until they do it in a way that, like, no human has ever sounded in history. And I would like to, I'm, I would like to play you this this line actually because it is so on. It makes you kill yourself just when you thought there couldn't be any more evil that could be invented. <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> And not even like, it's not like just that it's bad. It's just so weird. And I don't, no one talks like that. I feel like, and like I've seen her in other things. That's not like her, I mean, she's not, I don't rate her particularly highly, but it's not like she's always that weird. It must be M. Night Shyamalan because everyone's like that in his movies. Mm. He must be just going to do it again, do it again, do it again. No, you still sound like a, a human person. <laughs> do it again, do it again. Right. I mean, partly it's because it's a really badly written line that's impossible yeah. to say like a normal person, but it's not. Mm. It, there's something so odd about that choice. Yeah, that's very strange. All right, so they leave. They go. They're on. You know, they're trying to get to uh, Philadelphia, as we know, because um, nothing, nothing bad happens in Philadelphia. Yeah. But then, as they leave, we see the newspaper, and the headline is Philadelphia. Murder rate soaring. Shit. So it turns out turns out that uh, Julian was wrong, and actually, mm. there's so much murder in Philadelphia that they need some kind of I don't know some kind of future crime organization <laughs> to stop it. As long as, if they can just find a couple of uh, you know psychics that they can put in a bath, and maybe yeah. they could. Yeah, sounds like a plan. They could do something about that. Mm. Okay, so then Zoe Deschanel ignores another call from M. Night Shyamalan mm. uh, and then she does a comedy reaction where she puts her hand on her chin and does the physical equivalent of going, nothing, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they go to the station where they meet Julian and his spooky kid who never talks. Mm. And Julian says some awkward shit that makes it clear that Mark Wahlberg told him that he and Alma had a fight. Mm. And so she's upset. She says... I don't like to put my feelings out there for everyone to see. I'm not that type of person. <laughs> Truest line in the movie so far. <laughs> right? But no, Alma says she's going to go and sit alone on the train because she's so upset. I mean, she doesn't mm. look or sound upset, but she did just say that she doesn't like people seeing her feelings, so yeah. that tracks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She's actually really, really distraught. <laughs> I wonder if M. Night Shyamalan put that line in the movie like at the last minute. <laughs> like, I, better, I better have an explanation for why Alma seems so calm about everything going on. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, they all get on the train and the train leaves New York. 
Cut to a park in Philadelphia. Mm. A shot of some spooky trees. Oh, Uh-oh, people stopped walking. A woman drops her dog's leash and it immediately takes the opportunity to escape. Mm. <laughs> in a way that dogs don't usually do, unless they really hate their owner. Just runs off immediately, unless... Yeah, yeah. It's off to commit suicide. That's possible, yeah. You know, like, how would a dog do that? Like, bone itself to death? Is it going to bone itself to death? (laughs) So then a police officer shoots himself, Mm. and then other people start using his gun. Right. And we all enjoy the suicide. (laughs) I've got to say, though, right, for a film about suicide, it's not that imaginative how people do it. You've got people hanging themselves, shooting themselves, stabbing themselves, chucking themselves off of things. Um, apart from the whole lawnmower yeah. experience, it's like he it doesn't. It, it's a bit like I don't. Yeah, Rufus, I don't want to see that. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's the first in the franchise, Rufus. You've got to get to Final <laughs> Destination two before they start doing it really okay. weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Like I said, I, in a sense, I'm quite relieved that it isn't more imaginative about how people mm. kill themselves. But considering that's the whole point, I feel like it's weird that it isn't. You know, like in a sense, thank God M. Night Shyamalan doesn't seem to have much of an imagination because <laughs> this will be worse. Cut back to the train. Alma makes a telephone call and she says she's calling um, M. Night Shyamalan, who's, right, who's yeah. um, basically keeps calling her. Yeah, am I doing OK? Yeah, you're doing perfect. Just just keep showing no emotion. It's brilliant. <laughs> and she says, you've got to stop calling me. You're acting like the fatal attraction guy. Right. Right. But let me ask you this, right? Yeah. The the guy wasn't he the victim in that stupid film, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, is she is she saying that M Night Shyamalan is acting like a man who had an affair with a woman, callously discarded her, and then got stalked by her or whatever? Yeah. Right? Is she saying that she Alma recently boiled his rabbit? <laughs> like, stop acting like someone who recently had their rabbit boiled by me. <laughs> Is that what is that what she's saying? She must be because there's no other read on it. It's probably another joke. It's supposed to be a joke about how maybe, Alma's maybe. really misunderstood that movie or not seen it or I don't know. Yeah, okay, maybe, maybe it is. Yeah. All right, but then she and the rest of the train find out that the same thing that happened in New York <laughs> has now happened in Philadelphia as well. Yes. And meanwhile, Julian finds out that his wife is heading for Princeton, New Jersey, so she'll be okay. Mm. So he's happy about that. So Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel do their best scared acting, which basically means furrowing their brows slightly Mm. and speaking the same way they have throughout this film. (laughs) Mark Wahlberg's brows are never unfurrowed yeah, in this film they just he just frowns slightly throughout the whole film and that is yeah. his that is his only expression that he has it is amazing then the train stops at a place called filbert mm. and it's not going to go any further oh, no. the train crew decided to just kind of stop their train because they lost contact oh. right and he says uh, with who it's a big crew as well right and they're like, like six different people work this is like yeah but they're all like properly uniformed as well i mean they've got hats yeah they right? all tr- all dressed as train drivers, yeah. <laughs> Basically, this, this train has eight drivers. <laughs> yeah. And they've all decided to stop the train because they lost contact. Mark Warburg says, with whom? And they say, everyone. Oh, no. So we've decided to live here in Filbert. 
right? Because yeah. no one's telling us not to do that. <laughs> and like the way train drivers work is like someone has to tell you to carry on driving every three minutes, <laughs> otherwise you stop. Like, unless you've got a train fucking train crap tra- yeah. train traffic controller going carry on, carry on, carry yeah, on. We yeah. just we just give up and live wherever we are. <laughs> We're fucking famous for it. So everyone's yeah. living in Filbert now. Find a house. Yeah, that is a uh, you know that is actually where towns come from because the, originally there only used to be two <laughs> places point a and point b famously um yeah. occasionally things would stop and just the people would live in the train yeah lose contact and everyone lives there every, every town in the u.s yeah. except the big except two big ones were started by train drivers mm. <laughs> that's everywhere birmingham came from in the uk well i've learned something and I like learning things, even if those things aren't true. <laughs> it's a tr- it's just, that's, that's attributed to uh, Albert Einstein, that theory. <laughs> where Birmingham came from by Albert Einstein. <laughs> Some train drivers stopped driving and just lived there. Hey, you been drinking, Albert? <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I'd die if I didn't drink anything. Humans need water. And then on Mark Wahlberg's blackboard, humans need water, attributed <laughs> to Albert Einstein. Einstein yeah. <laughs> All right, so Julian's kid, mm. Jess, is scared... And silent. Mm. And Julian says she always acts this way when she gets scared. Mm. So Zoe Deschanel says, We're so much the same, Jess. I don't like to show my emotions either. (laughs) That's right. You and this eight-year-old have very similar emotional range and acting (laughs) abilities. So next up, everyone from the train goes to a cafe. Mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg tries to distract Jess with some more pseudoscience because he is a pseudoscience teacher. And he shows her his mood ring mm. because science teachers love mood rings. Uh, he tells her his ring says she's about to laugh. And then he makes her laugh by telling her she's going to laugh. And he just keeps saying that until she laughs because M. Night Shyamalan is incapable of writing a joke or something <laughs> funny that might make this kid laugh. So he's like, you're going to laugh, you're going to laugh. A ring says you're going to laugh. <laughs> okay, you laughed. Nice one. <laughs> Fucking yeah. hell, just say, uh, knock, knock, who's their doctor? <laughs> How difficult can it be to make an eight-year-old laugh, for fuck's sake? Oh, right, I see. I thought he was doing it to his fucking Alma. I got confused. It's because you said they both have no emotions and, you, and I got Alma and Jess mixed up, so I thought he was there okay. trying to get Zoe Deschanel to laugh <laughs> Trying to cheer saying, his wife up you're gonna with, laugh, with you're gonna his laugh. ring. Like, just could you stop doing yeah, that? Yeah, no, he's talking, he's talking to a kid at this point. Mm. So then a woman shows them a video of a man being eaten by a lion. <laughs> like actually getting his arms ripped off. Like the kid, the eight-year-old kid is right yeah. there. Like no wonder she's gone mute. I'd be fucking mute with parenting this bad. And they're watching the news. They watch the news in the cafe. And the news has decided that it's probably not terrorists after all. Oh. Because... How would terrorists do this? All these different places at once. Mm. Must be trees then. (laughs) (laughs) Probably just trees. Okay. I think it's probably an an act of nature that we'll never fully understand. That's what I'm going with. (laughs) Mm. I tell you what, if you turn out to be right, I'm going to be fucking annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so in the cafe, they're watching the news. They Mm. show a map of where the happenings are happening. Mm -hmm. And... Someone says, where are we on that map, hmm. right? And a guy points to the left of the map and says, the dead centre, <laughs> which is weird, I feel. Just little details like that. I feel like you could have, you could have, done, you could have retaken that one, made it, a bit, made it a bit better, you know? Another guy says, 
whatever this is, it looks like it's not occurring about 90 miles from here. It looks like it's not occurring. Okay, It's like it's not occurring about 90 miles from here, so let's all just go 90 miles to the left. Yeah. Right? And everyone runs outside and leaves in cars. (laughs) Like, somehow, everyone from this train gets a lift in cars, except Marky Mark and his fucking family. Like, literally everyone. In about three seconds, they're all in a car and leaving. And he's by the side of the road going, fuck. Yeah. If only I had moved slightly faster. And Zoe Deschanel says, can you believe how crappy people are? Like, not giving us a lift, but giving literally everyone, everyone else on that else. train a lift. Yeah. Seems like people are pretty fucking great, right? Everyone on the train got a lift except three people. <laughs> four people, I guess, at this point. But And then, immediately after she says that, someone gives them a lift. Mm. <laughs> so, proving her wrong, people are pretty good. And Julian has a lift with someone else going in the other direction in another car. People are fucking amazing. People will provide everything you need immediately. You only had time to say people are rubbish before you got a lift. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, uh, Julian's not going with them. Mm. Julian's going in a different car, going to Princeton to find his wife. Mm -hmm. And he's like, do you mind taking my kid? Do you mind having my kid? Is that all right? And he says, Julian says, there's a 62% chance that Princeton hasn't been hit. Because M. Night Shyamalan does not have a clue how <laughs> statistics work. Because just because you're a maths teacher doesn't mean you know the probability of everything that happens ever. You need data to work that shit out, right? You can't just make it up yeah. because he's a maths teacher. Uh, so he decides to go and find his wife mm. and he dumps his kid on these two idiots. Right? Like, Look after my kid yeah. for me, will you? And then like, Zoe Deschanel takes, uh, like, takes Jess by the hand. Yeah. And Julian says angrily, mm-hmm. don't take my daughter's hand unless you mean it. Wow. Right? Like, fuck you, Julian. She's doing you a favour. Don't hold her hand unless you're willing to become her mum forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I'm kind of I'm kind of not. <laughs> I'm just, uh, you yeah. said, can you look after? I said, yeah. yeah. And now you're getting really heavy with me. Yeah. It's like, okay, uh, you're not, oh, oh, you're not, oh, you don't want to be a mum forever. Maybe we just leave her here yeah. then. Maybe we'll just, I'll go to Princeton, you go to yeah. wherever you're going. She can just stay. I mean, she'll probably be better off mm. on her own here next to this cafe than with any of us idiots. <laughs> True that. <laughs> right? So maybe... Maybe just leave her, leave her here. It's a, another weird moment that makes no sense. That doesn't fit with anything that came before it. So Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel go with this new couple in the car mm. to their plant nursery, and and they go and look at their greenhouse. Oh no! Right? Basically, they're take, taken to see some plants. Basically, oh, so that's no, that's good. Seems like a bad idea. But the guy, this this the driver mm. says. Right. As they're getting ready, he says, we're packing hot dogs for the road, see? <laughs> you know, hot dogs get a bad rap, see? But they got a cool shape. They got protein. You like hot dogs, right? <laughs> Mark Wahlberg kind of shrugs. And then <laughs> and then the, the, the hot dog guy says, by the way, I think I know what's causing this, see? It's well. the plants, see? They can release chemicals, see? And like, <laughs> why is the twist happening now? <laughs> like, we're like 20 minutes in, why are you telling me the twist? And then he turns to Zoe Deschanel and says, you like hot dogs, don't you? <laughs> and she smiles and shakes her head in a way that somehow makes no sense. How does she get this reaction wrong? Right? You're like, you like hot dogs, don't you? And she grins and shakes her head like her face is saying yes while her head is saying no. It's such a simple reaction. You've just got to say no without even speaking. How do you get that wrong? Yeah. 
And like these two guys, these guys are weird. This couple who like hot dogs, they that's are why, weird. That's right? why she pulls that face, though, isn't it? She's like, <laughs> it is meant to be, but but it doesn't. But the mm. thing is, like, they are weird. But Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel are acting like they're much weirder than they are. <laughs> like they're really like terrified by this couple who happen to like hot dogs. Mm. And yeah, okay, they like hot dogs a bit too much, <laughs> but. They're not as weird as you're making it out to be, yeah. right? Stop reacting like this is the just the oddest people you've ever met just because they like hot dogs a lot. I mean, it is weird when he says they have a cool shape. Like, like <laughs> one of the, the two reasons, the two reasons he likes uh. hot dogs are like he says they get a bad rap, but they've got a cool shape. Mm. They've got protein. Mm. That's his two. Not they taste good, or they're like convenient, or easy to carry, or whatever, or like really easy to cook when you're just in a car. <laughs> I would argue that they don't get a bad rap either, and that actually like people do also like that, hot dogs yeah. apart from Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> and everyone, and, like, yeah, and you don't need to. Dogs. You don't need to argue for them. Don't yeah. need to persuade me that hot dogs are good. Yeah. It's weird that you've got them like in a in a free in an ice box in your car and you're eating them cold. Right. Yeah. But otherwise, mm. yeah, everyone likes hot dogs, right? Except Zoe Deschanel, as you say. Mm. Now, anyway, so this is this character, mm-hmm. this hot dog guy, has mm-hmm. given me insight into how M. Night Shyamalan writes characters, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When he comes up with the character, he knows you've got to have two things, a job mm-hmm. and something they like, mm. right? So this guy owns a nursery and likes hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Character nailed, right? Julian is a maths teacher and likes statistics. And like, yeah. Okay, he's not reaching too far with that one, but yeah, he's, yeah. he's got his things. Elliot... Like Mark Wahlberg is a science teacher and likes his mood ring. <laughs> the downside, unfortunately, this is not true for female characters that M. Night Shyamalan writes because Alma's job is, and she likes, <laughs> and Jess, Jess is one characteristic is she's not allowed to speak, which is like not a character, that's almost like the opposite of a character. It's like an anti-characteristic. Yeah. Mm. Julian's wife doesn't even get a voice. On the phone. Like, the guy Zoe Deschanel went for dessert with does. Mm. Right? And then there's hot dog guy's wife. She's there, right? Yeah. She's next to him all the time. She's just hot dog guy's wife. She barely gets any lines. She's just standing there next to him for no reason. Mm. Later on, there'll be an old woman whose mm. single characteristic is she crazy. <laughs> right? But, I mean, that is still more complexity than Alma, the main female character in this movie, who gets absolutely nothing. Like, seriously, apart from the fact she keeps telling us that she has no emotions, <laughs> can you tell me anything about this character? There's nothing about her. She's got bangs, is that is that true? <laughs> Does she have bangs in this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, but to be, to be fair to M. Night Shyamalan, to say something positive about M. Night mm. Shyamalan's ability to characterise people, he did go a little bit further than this, just these two things for his main character. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Wahlberg, because he gave him a job, science teacher. Mm. He gave him something he likes, mood ring. And he gave his character conflict. Daleks are drilling him. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, hang on. No, no. Actually, yeah, yeah. the conflict is that his wife hates him. Right. For some reason. Unfortunately, since she's not allowed a character, we will never find out why she doesn't like him. Right. I mean, I mean like, we can kind of infer that she's unhappy based on Mark Wahlberg's performance yeah. and character, but, like, presumably that would mean he feels the same way. Yeah. If she's not happy because he's boring and doesn't have any, like, personality, then that he should be happy to leave her because he should feel exactly the same. Yeah. But we never get any, we're told that she's not happy, but we get no feeling of why or what's mm. wrong with their marriage at all. Is there any proof that his wife is actually Zoe Deschanel Alma? And that, like, <laughs> 
she's not there by accident and yeah. actually is married to someone else yeah. who has a character. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Certainly not in any kind of chemistry between them, right? They definitely feel like two people who only just met. Mm. Uh, so then we cut to Julian um, arriving in Princeton and everyone is dead. Oh, and there's shit. like the first thing we see there is loads of gardeners who've hanged themselves from trees. Mm. There's a woman in the back of the car and she starts screaming. Mm. Um, she's terrified. And so Julian gives her a math riddle to distract her. Because ah, his character is maths. Yeah. His, his character is maths, mathy man. Yeah, his character <laughs> is mathy man. And so he's like, if I gave you, if I gave you a penny uh, or a cent or whatever mm. on, on the first day of the month and then doubled it every day through the month, mm-hmm. how much would you have at the end? Um, and she, she unfortunately, she has a guess, but she comes down on the number a bit too much and says ten, ten dollars. He's like, no, more than that. She says twenty, and then thirty. But none of these numbers make sense because actually, it's a million. She shouldn't have come down on the number a bit. <laughs> she was wrong to come down on that number. It is, it's actually over ten million apparently. Well, is it? Next up, everyone in the car commits suicide. Julian lasts the longest, but then he gets out, and while some people are opening presents, he starts <laughs> opening his wrists. <laughs> Cut to the other car. Mm-hmm. They see some dead bodies up ahead, so they stop to get out of the car and look at them with binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> Then they drive a bit further and mm-hmm. find a soldier. Mm. And the soldier runs up to the window and, and says, cheese and crackers. This is my, <laughs> my favourite line in the world. Instead of saying Jesus Christ, he's like, cheese and crackers. <laughs> and like, more people should say, should say cheese and crackers as okay. an expletive. Mm-hmm. Then several more cars arrive and suddenly there's loads of people. Mm. And Mark Wahlberg, at this point, decides that he believes Hot Dog Guy and it really is the plants doing it. And from this point on, there's no more mystery in this movie. We all just know it's the plants from this point on. We're about half an hour in. Yeah, I mean, you would believe that guy, right? He seems like a perfectly reasonable, normal human being. Listen to me, see? (laughs) Then they all crowd around and listen to someone commit suicide over the phone. Mm and learn that everyone in Princeton is dead. And therefore we know that Jess's parents are dead. Mm. And then the kid, Jess, who apparently doesn't show emotion, shows more emotion than Zoe Deschanel or Mark Wahlberg will ever manage in this whole film. And then she goes over and whispers something to Mark Wahlberg and then cries. Mm -hmm. And in response to this, Zoe Deschanel does her one expression. (laughs) (laughs) And we get a nice close-up of her, of her single expression. Mm. And then Hot Dog Guy says to her, Elliot's resilient, isn't he? Mm. Elliot is Mark Wahlberg, yeah. in case you're not keeping yeah. up with that. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. And Zoe Deschanel says, yeah, he never gives up. <laughs> and you're like, what? Where's... I haven't seen any evidence of this in his character. So he's resilient and never gives up. Out and and they give a shot of him looking at a map with military guy to prove that he never gives up. And then Hot Dog Guy says, you know... Plants have the ability to target specific threats, see? Tobacco plants, when attacked by Heliothis caterpillars, will send out a chemical attracting wasps to kill just those caterpillars, see? (laughs) We don't know how plants obtain these abilities, see? They just evolve very rapidly, see? Because M. Night Shyamalan writes, we don't know how this works, when what he actually means is, I don't know how this works, and I can't be bothered to look it up. Mm. So then Zoe Deschanel asks uh, Hot Dog Guy, Mm -hmm. which species is doing it if you think it's true? Like, which which species of plants is doing the spooky wind, right? And Hot Dog Guy says, 
plants have the ability to communicate with other species of plants. Wow. Trees can communicate with bushes, bushes with grass, and everything in between. <laughs> right? So that good plant knowledge there, M. Night Shyamalan. You have managed to name three species of plants. Number one, trees. Yeah. Number two, bushes. Yeah. And number three, grass. Brilliant. So at this point, they decide that because they know the plants are doing it, they better avoid the roads and head for the fucking forests instead. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of The Worst Writer in the World. We'll be back next week with the second and concluding part of this extremely detailed retelling of classic movie where loads of stuff happens and it definitely deserves two episodes. <laughs> two episodes the yeah. Happening by M. Night Shyamalan. Starring, of course, um, amazing actor and human uh, Mark Wahlberg. Definitely, yeah. definitely hasn't ever done any hate crime. Brilliant. And also lives a really normal and, you know, logical kind of life, That's I true. expect. Definitely. But of course, if you can't wait until next week to hear more of us talking stuff, then you can join the secret gang on Patreon for as little as $2 a month. Ooh. Where, uh, for example, every month or so, we do the secret gang podcast, which is us just kind of chatting about all kinds of guff, right? Mm -hmm. For example, uh, now we're going to have a little listen to a section, in fact, from a secret gang podcast of about a year ago, maybe, when we discussed the lifestyle of someone. You basically sent me a challenge. You sent me a um, an itinerary, someone's itinerary, and you sent, you sent me the challenge to guess who it was. So shall we have a listen to that, Howard? Spoilers, he was a ghost all along? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about this new catchphrase. <laughs> no, I've decided I'm sticking with it. Shall, <laughs> no, we, shall we listen to it? Yes, Commit. spoilers. All right, I'll, I'll try again. All right, so, Howard, are you ready to listen to a bit of the Secret Gang podcast? Spoilers, he was a ghost all along. All right, so I've got a schedule. I don't know uh, anything else. I haven't seen this before. 2.30 a.m. wake up. <laughs> I, presumably, 2.31 a.m. go back to sleep again. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's quite normal, but no, that's not what it says. Mm. 2.30 a.m. wake up. 2.45 a.m. prayer time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 3.15 a.m. breakfast number one. Ah, so it's probably a hobbit. All right, so breakfast is steel oats, which seems weird mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. I don't think... Oats should be made out of steel. And oh, if they are, you shouldn't eat them. I thought breakfast is first for breakfast, so I steal some oats. <laughs> no. Peanut butter, blueberries, and eggs. That's quite a breakfast, especially when some of it's made out of steel. And it's only the first one. So 3.40 to 5.15 a.m., workout number one. That's quite a long exercise mm -hmm. uh, in the middle of the night. <laughs> 5.30 a.m., breakfast number two. Oh, fair enough. This person has worked up an appetite for by exercising for more than an hour and a half at 3.40 in the morning. <laughs> what do they have for second breakfast? Breakfast number two, protein shake. Three turkey burgers. <laughs> wow. 
fucking 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> you've already been up for three hours. Yeah. You've been working out for two of those hours. You've been eating for like one of them. Mm. <laughs> you know, when you first got you've already had a big breakfast. Yeah. And you're like, right, time for three turkey burgers. Yeah. That sounds like a great lifestyle to have. I mean, I wonder where this person got those turkeys from. That's what I'm wondering. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> T.S. Blos. I'm going to I mean, is this the turkey that got into the car? That's the question. Oh, shit. Everybody's mind, isn't it? <laughs> it's funny because coming up um, at some point, um, very soon, actually, they're going to have a snack. And fight. Did you see what their snack yeah, is? I've just seen it. Yeah. I've just seen it. Let's, let's wait until we get there. It's pretty exciting. Mm. All right. So um, three turkey burgers, five pieces of sweet potato pieces. <laughs> 6am, shower. Mm. 7.30am is the next thing. So that is a shower of an hour and a half. (laughs) Double wash. So 6am, shower. 7.30am, golf. (laughs) <laughs> and and golf only lasts for half an hour. Yeah, golf only goes on to. So he has a and, and this person yes. has an hour and a half long shower yeah. and then plays golf for thirty minutes, <laughs> yeah. which means it's definitely mini golf, right? That is <laughs> crazy golf. He's got this. Yeah. I, I keep saying he, yeah, but I don't know. You're allowed he? to say he. Yes, it is. A he. I kind of assumed anyone who's this much of a anyone dick, that has three it? turkey burgers at three thirty in the morning <laughs> is a man, right? <laughs> Anyone who thinks this, anyone who think, looks at their schedule and thinks this is worth publicising, hmm. there's something about this. And they're going, yeah, I'm so, look at me, I'm, I'm taking life seriously. I get up at 2.30 in the morning and play golf. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking knobhole. Yeah. All right. Really so- <laughs> missed the point of golf, haven't they? Because golf's supposed to be that relaxing thing you spend hours over. But yeah. like, quickly, get all the holes. In half an hour. I've been in the shower for an hour and a half. I've not got much golf yeah. time because, because why? Because they fell asleep in the shower because they got up at 2.30. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. All right. So he has an hour and a half shower, yeah. and then he plays a quick round of mini golf. Yeah. Probably only gets three holes in because it's only half an hour. Yeah, bouncing off the windmill, doesn't it? It's really <laughs> yeah. And then at eight a.m. he has a snack. Yeah. Which apparently yeah. takes him an hour and a half to eat. I'd like to say, and I think I think I know why it takes him an hour and a half to eat what is apparently a snack. Yeah. Because his snack is ten turkey meatballs. (laughs) And unfortunately, when he was making his ten turkey meatballs in the kitchen, Mm. he accidentally left the kitchen gate open (laughs) and the ten turkeys ran out. Mm. And do you want to know what happened to those ten turkey meatballs? Right? The first two turkey meatballs rolled into a butcher's shop. (laughs) Rolled into a butcher's shop. Uh, Brackets TS (laughs) Blast. And then, I mean, uh, how do they know which turkey meatballs are their own and which ones rolled in? Of course, that, yeah. you can't blame T.S. Bloor for that, right? Yeah, if anything, they've got more reason to just assume they're their own. Yeah. Rather than turkeys walking yeah. in, which you should do assume we, if you're a yeah. butcher, they're not. Do we, we, have, we have live turkeys in here? No. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the next two, right, they um, rolled all the way to London and took a quick dip in the Thames mm. and they sank hmm. because meatballs probably would, to be honest. Mm. And then uh, the next one rolled out of the kitchen, mm. bounced, mm-hmm. and over the fence onto next door's barbecue. And they, they were barbecuing meatballs, so they didn't notice either. You wouldn't. The next one rolled into a tramp sack, obviously. <laughs> Two of them rolled into a poultry house. Mm. Then one of them rolled into a car. <laughs> <laughs> and one rolled through a gate, but it turned out to be this moron's gate, and this moron found it, but he took great pity on it. Uh, so he didn't, didn't eat it for, eat his, for his 8am snack. <laughs> Instead, yes, you guessed it, yeah. he ate a boar's head. <laughs> and that's why it took him an hour and a half. He ate ten boar's head. 
He really likes turkey, especially <laughs> if this is a daily thing. I, I mean, and uh, there's turkey. a clue in that, though. This guy really does like turkeys. Is it Bernard Matthews? <laughs> uh, apart, apart from Jack, he's the only person I can think of who likes turkeys. Yeah. I mean, it's a good guess. It's a good, but it's, it's good, but it's not right. It's good, but it's not right. Um, I meant turkeys uh, in the other in the other sense of the word turkey, as opposed to it's the things Neil, that go. It's not Neil Breen. Cl- cl- it? It's not Neil Breen. That's so exciting. They might be Neil Breen's like uh, like completely made up lie schedule, trying to make himself look cool and failing failing as much as he usually does when he tries to make himself look cool. There's no way that that Neil Breen eats ten turkey balls. Uh, he eats like some some cress or. Or something no, for breakfast. There's no way they, anyone he, lives like this. Someone has made this up to because they think it makes them look cool, right? Well, so I could believe Neil Breen might make this up. This is my, one of my, my main concerns with it because I was reading it and I got to the end and was like, but where did you find time to do your job? <laughs> because at, at no point during this entire yeah. day that, that that lasts from two thirty in the morning to seven thirty p.m. in the evening when he goes to bed at seven thirty. Goes to bed at seven thirty p.m. Yeah, because he's got to get up at two thirty exactly, in the morning yeah. for some reason. I mean, that's really stupid. <laughs> I mean, if he's working. Like if he's like trying to paint himself as a hard-working, non-stop guy, do some fucking work in the evening when people are awake. You dick. Mm. You get up at two thirty. Yeah, he's still getting <laughs> um, like well, he gets seven hours sleep, isn't he? So he could just get up at six and go to bed. You know, at eleven. I mean, the fact yeah. that he gets up at two thirty is kind of irrelevant, isn't it? Why is he doing that? It's because he forgot to set his alarm one day and, uh, and it all went wrong and yeah. he's been just stuck in this cycle of getting up at 2.30 no, every morning. It's fucking ridiculous. I, I sleep for less than seven hours a day, but I do it at a, at a normal time. <laughs> I suppose it's possible, you know, given you know what we know about his, um, his diet, that uh, he gets woken up every morning by all the turkeys in his house. <laughs> Going cock-a-doodle-doo, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good chance yeah. of that. Ten, ten fucking turkeys crowing first thing in the morning at dawn. Mm. I think he maybe he does his job in all these bits of time that are un, unaccounted for mm. because no I don't know though because sometimes like breakfast he eats two protein shakes three turkey burgers and five pieces of sweet potato it only takes him half an hour mm. but a shower takes him an hour and a half and then he plays golf for half an hour and then he has ten turkey meatball snack and that takes him an hour and a half <laughs> that is an hour and a half snack time and an hour and a half shower time mm. um, and then it Nine thirty yeah. for an hour, he does cryo chamber recovery. <laughs> is this is this Mister Freeze, <laughs> <laughs> who killed my turkey balls? <laughs> the Ice Age. <laughs> what? I'm just saying things now, okay? <laughs> just saying ice things. Yeah, it's good. What the fuck is cryo chamber recovery? Is he freezing himself? <laughs> Is this some kind of dumbass rich person thing? I mean, he's where they pay a load rich. of money to damage themselves, like like fucking raw water. I guess or whatever. someone's told him that if he gets in this box for an hour, that it will like make him look younger or something. All right, so ten thirty a.m. At ten thirty, he's been awake for eight hours. Let's not forget ten thirty a.m. Eight hours awake, and now it's time for breakfast number three. <laughs> some of us would call that dinner, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, but it's 10.30, so you can't call it dinner because it's 10.30. No, fair enough. But if you get up, let's say you get up, someone gets up at 8 o'clock and eats breakfast, and then at midday they have lunch, and then, okay, it's a bit early, but if at 4 o'clock they had dinner, it's not completely out of the realms of possibility. That's his time frame. Yeah. You know, 8 o'clock breakfast, um, or get up at 8 o'clock, lunch at 12, Mm -hmm. dinner at 4. 
But no, he calls it breakfast number three. Yeah, and breakfast, of course, is taken from the idea of breaking your fast, isn't it? Because um, you yes. fasted through the yeah. night and you break your fast. So, I mean, he's really bad yeah. at fasting. I think that's what we've discovered about <laughs> this guy. Well, he's got all those tempting turkeys walking around all the time. <laughs> yeah. All right, so breakfast number three, grilled chicken salad with two hard-boiled eggs. Letting, uh, he's letting the turkeys off the hook this time. Well, I don't know. Let's find out. Grilled chicken salad yep. uh, with two hard-boiled eggs, olives, avocado, cucumber, tomato, lettuce, and 800 turkeys raw. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't say the turkeys, but the rest is true. Yeah, he's moved on to chickens now. Any idea who it is? Can you guess who it is yet? Now you know that like, they're no, like this eating is lots of food person. and they're, 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 they're associated with turkeys. No, no idea. Uh, 11 a.m. So that that breakfast number three took half an hour. He's, he eats quickly. Uh, he showers slowly. That's what I know about him. Mm. Looking for someone who eats quickly but showers slowly. <laughs> Actually, no, no. No, because uh, no, sometimes he eats quickly, but then at 8 a.m. took him an hour and a half to eat 10 turkey meatballs and neither of them ran away. Yeah. So <laughs> took him an hour and a half to eat one meatball. Yeah. Fucking hell, mate. Speed up a well, bit. Well, we know that he was chasing those balls. So, <laughs> yeah, um... fair enough. 11am <laughs> family time meetings and work calls that's two hours so is that family time or are you at work unless he works with his family and when he says family time it's like giving his son a job or something is he a family business person I mean what I would say about this guy I would say that he he's pretty happening is what I would say about this guy <laughs> <laughs> so it, that, that narrows it down to two possible people right yeah because it is either Marky Mark, <laughs> yeah, right, or it's M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> is it M Night Shyamalan? No, it's Marky Mark. It's Marky is it Mark. Marky, this is Marky this Mark. This is Marky. When does he? When does he find the time to make movies? When? When? I mean, it explains a lot about his performance because he spent no time learning his lines no. or anything. It's like is that he's? They kind of like we we'll just grab him. He's he's having an hour and a half shower. Just get him in and, and give tell him to say this line. And then he kind of like says his, no, I would never murder an old woman. It's like, yeah, well done, Marky Marky. Go back and you can play some golf now. <laughs> For half an hour in, on your mini golf course. I don't understand what, because this isn't, nobody does this. No, no, he's, this is a lie, right? Maybe he did it once mm. and then decided it was cool and he pretended he did it all the time. No, no one, if he, if he does this, it's because he's got some kind of compulsive disorder <laughs> and he needs serious therapy to get over it. Also, he's saying he eats exactly the same thing every day. Because he doesn't say, I have breakfast and it could be various things. He's like, no, at 3.15am, I have steel oats, peanut butter, blueberries and eggs every fucking day. Yeah. And then a couple hours later, I have three turkey burgers. <laughs> and then a couple hours after that, I have ten turkey meatballs. And then not long after that, I'm, I'm attacking the chickens and the eggs. Then he has more chicken. He uh, No, at 1pm it's lunch and he has New York steak. Oh. Unless that is a, a term, a, one of those I, weird I euphemisms missed that. For I know chicken. that he had grilled chicken twice, so maybe he had grilled chicken, then he has steak. Yeah, that's coming later. Oh that's a snack later on. Oh, that's a snack. Uh, yeah, 1pm he has lunch. So he's had three breakfasts and they've all been meals. None, <laughs> none of them have exactly been a, a piece of toast, which is what I have for breakfast this morning. One slice of toast. Mm. But he's had 85 turkeys and a couple of chickens <laughs> for his breakfasts. And then it's lunchtime. Steak. If you eat a steak every day, you're dead by the time you're his age. <laughs> this, is a, this is lies. He's 50 now. Yeah, no, you, if you eat a steak every day, you're dead before you're 30, well, no, surely. Well, if you get in your cryo chamber for an hour every day, probably like... <laughs> 
winds, purges winds back the, the snake. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right, 2 p.m., meetings and work calls for an hour. This feels like a day when he's not acting. Like, if he's a very famous and rich Hollywood star, right? So I'm sure he can spend some of the year resting. And then he can take a job, work for three months or whatever, yeah. and then this maybe take. Maybe this is a time when he's not like resting, acting. does it? Maybe, yeah, this could be. Um, <laughs> when the, I say resting, I mean not working. This is probably what he does in order to to be nice and muscular, ready for when he stars mm. in M Night Shyamalan movies. Yeah, maybe. Um, all right. So after he has uh, spends an hour eating that steak every day for lunch. At 2pm, he has meetings and work calls, and that lasts an hour. And then at 3pm, he picks up kids from school. But it does not say his <laughs> kids. <laughs> All right. And I feel like if he's got kids, they're not at school now, right? He's, he's, if he's 50, surely he's got adult kids. So he just goes to a school, picks up some kids. Maybe that's part of his workout. He's just like, oh, well, oh, I was thinking I was thinking the other thing, because I think one thing he enjoys more than working out is eating. So maybe the, the, like, uh, he just goes like, you know, he's run out of chickens and he's run out of turkeys by this yeah. point of the day. So he's like, these kids will do. And then he eats the children. Picks up a couple, eats them, goes home. 3.30pm mm. snack, grilled chicken with bok choy. He has eaten meat so many times in this day. He had... All right, so his first breakfast did not involve meat, but it did have eggs. But it, it, that's the only time he didn't have meat. Second breakfast, three fucking turkey burgers. Third breakfast, ten turkey meatballs. Mm. Oh, no, that's his snack. That's not his breakfast. Sorry, this is... This breakfast three is his fourth meal. Breakfast three is... I didn't even spot that. Breakfast three is his fourth full meal of the day. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so second breakfast, turkey burgers. Snack, ten turkey meatballs. Breakfast number three, grilled chicken yeah. salad with eggs. I mean, even Marky, even Marky Mark Wahlberg like, draws the line at waking up and immediately eating a turkey. He's like... I'll just, <laughs> I'll just, Give me a couple of hours. Yeah. I'll just have the eggs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at 4pm he does workout at number two, and then at 5pm he has a shower, but this shower only lasts half an hour. Mm. So, But that means, if we put it together, that means in one day he has spent two hours <laughs> in the shower. At uh, 5.30pm he has dinner stroke family time, so he's eating his family. <laughs> yes. Yes, he's eating his children, he's eating all the turkeys. Yeah. Now it's time to eat his wife. <laughs> no, now it's time for the family. Uh, Dad, could you come over? <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, so no dinner is fish, brackets, halibut or cod or sea bass. All right, now this is the first time he's had choices, mm. which makes me believe he really is trying to convince us that this is his daily routine and he eats a steak for lunch every day, mm -hmm. eats ten turkey meatballs as a snack every day and has three turkey burgers at like four o'clock in the morning every day of his life. Does sound like a routine for, for getting in shape. What? But what shape? <laughs> So that was just a small section of probably an, like most of the Secret Gang podcasts are at least an hour long. That's right. And uh, we went on to talk about Orlando Bloom's daily routine, which, <laughs> where he goes and looks at a cow. <laughs> so if you would like to hear that, then join us on Patreon, um, which, as, as we've often said, you can join for as little as $2 a month. But if you want the Secret Gang podcast, then join for $7 a month. Mm -hmm. But good news, join it for $7 pay once and get access to the whole back catalogue, including that episode and many, many more immediately just for just $7. And you can find that, I may or may not have already mentioned it, at patreon.com slash man by cow. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye bye milk. Bye bye milk. He's a stupid suck-ass rubbish writer. Yeah.